Hello, and welcome to Workle's Meet the Business Author podcast. I'm Mark Price, the founder of Workle, a platform designed to help everybody get happier at work. In this podcast, I'll be speaking to a range of people who've written books on business. From a range of authors across all industries, this podcast aims to help you understand more about business and how to create success. I'm absolutely thrilled and delighted to be joined on this edition of Meet the Business Author podcast by Sarah Duncan. Sarah started out in the world of work, working in hospitality. She's worked for brilliant, huge names like Claridge's and the Savoy, but she's also worked extensively internationally. The reason that she's here is she's written a brilliant book called The Ethical Business Book. Sarah, welcome to the Meet the Business Author podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. So, Sarah, if we can start in those early days, working with Claridge's uh, and the Savoy, and then you travelled to so many places internationally, how, how did you get into that world? Um, by complete chance, actually. It was, a, it was a very lucky break that got me an interview with the, the marketing director at Claridge's uh, back in the 80s. And um, she needed an assistant at the time. It was, it was back in the days when, when Claridge's was looking at marketing, but not doing it too obviously um, because of its sort of brand positioning. But um, so I, I, I got a fantastic role at Claridge's. I stayed there for a number of years and um, also worked as their banqueting sales manager, which was fantastic fun. And um, after about four or five years there, I moved into the world of, of private clubs and I joined the, the opening team of the, the London Capital Club, which was a, a club in the city, a dining club. I worked there for a couple of years. It was owned by an international organisation. And from there, I was... I, got a call one day asking if I fancied the idea of moving to Vietnam um, and there was, a, there was a club development in Vietnam and they asked me to move there and do, do the opening which was in the sort of mid-90s so it was um, still quite pioneering stuff. Went there, from there I moved on to Singapore where I worked for a number of years. I then got into the world of spas and moved to, to Bali and I looked after um, uh, sales and marketing for Southeast Asia. So I, I did a lot of point, fantastic travel. At this point, our listeners will be feeling extraordinarily <laughs> envious, Sarah. Were, were all those jobs as, as glamorous as they sound? Um, Singapore was a great job. I worked at the American Club, and it's a huge, enormous kind of expert club in in, um, in in Singapore and that was fantastic and I also had regional responsibilities as well. Bali was fantastic living in Bali. I, as I say I was I was traveling a lot and so that part of it wasn't quite as glamorous as people might like to think. And so you've got all of this extensive experience what did you do next? So um, about 2001 I headed back to the UK I worked in a couple of places. I worked at the RAC club for a while uh, and I also did the opening of the Reebok Sports Club in Canary Wharf, which at the time was the, the, the biggest uh, fitness club in the UK. And um, then in 2005, I, I decided to go it alone 
and I set up Sleeping Lion. So, so tell us about that. What, what was, what, how did it feel to set up your own business after having worked for all these large companies? Um, quite scary to start off with. You, we all get used to, I think, the, the regular paycheck. Um, but luckily I had a fairly good network that is always, I think when you're starting out on your own, you need a reasonably good network to start off with. And that gets you your first few clients and then hopefully it becomes word of mouth and, and you are able to keep the lifestyle that you, you want, which comes with, being able, with, with working for yourself. And, and tell me, Sarah, what have you been uh, consulting on over the last 15 years? Um, well, uh, initially, I suppose a lot of it was was hospitality work and largely in the, the world of marketing. But as anyone I think who's works for themselves knows that things evolve as the years go on and you end up finding yourself taking on work for different industries and learning a lot more about different types of business. And, and so I, I guess that's morphed a bit from pure marketing consultancy to what I would call more business development. And then of course, more recently, that's taken a whole new turn with the whole shift towards more ethical and sustainable business development. So, so tell us about that because you went to study to take sustainability. Um, why did you decide to do that? Well, what was quite interesting for me was that for a few years I had been becoming increasingly aware of my clients or potential clients looking to me from a communications point of view to potentially make them look better than they really were and particularly in the area of kind of the green environmental area and I think a couple of things happened for me one I started to challenge them a bit more which didn't always go down very well um, but secondly, it made me want to learn more about it. And so initially I just started reading all the books that I could find about the whole area of sort of ethical business, sustainability, the whole kind of, um, area. And the more I read, the more interested I became. But one of the things that struck me anyway, with the books I was reading was that they, they tended to fall into three sort of areas. Many of them were highly scientific and therefore quite impenetrable, I think, for the normal person. Um, others were quite worthy, um, rightly so, but there was a, a feeling of sort of the high moral ground that I felt wasn't necessarily helpful for certain business audiences and then the the third one were the books that were brilliant but they were single issue so they they focused on one element of it and wrote an entire book around it and so with those three what became apparent to me was that there was some brilliant things in all of them and that what I wanted to do was cherry pick the best bits if you like my husband had written a few books for the lid concise advice series 
in fact, he, he wrote uh, one of the first ones. And so the framework, if you like, of, of that series, which is very much does what it says on the tin, it's concise advice. I was very familiar with that, that format. This was my opportunity to say, I've got something which I think really fits that format well. And I think it's really current. And I think it's an, an important topic that, um, that I, I wanted to get out to people. And so when did you start writing the book? Um, I had made lots of notes as I had been reading all these other books. And so I had a lot of content. So the actual process of writing was really quite short. And I, I remember when I first spoke to the publisher, the, the normal lead time, we decided we could cut it down to something really quite short because I'd effectively already got a lot of content in some training schemes that I was running. So it was, it was really just a case of me knuckling down and saying, right, okay, I've decided I wanted to make it a, a 50 ways construct. And then to say, okay, and I want to then sort of put that into five chapters because I want to cover the area of protecting profit. I want to cover the whole area of protecting people and section that out into customers and employees, then protecting the planet, and then sort of um, end with the whole area of ethical marketing. And how long did it take you to write? Lots of people uh, think about writing uh, and they want to know how people have done it. So are you one of those people that was very disciplined and woke up at seven and wrote for four hours every day? Or how, how did you actually write the book? I, I, I honestly would say to you, I think it only took me probably about a month, six weeks to write. But I think it's because of the nature of the book. It is because I've I've, I had all of the, I had all this amazing content. Um, I cherry picked all these, what I said, what I thought were the best bits from, from lots of other sources, drawn on my own experience too, and just mapped it out. So I'd say I was, it, it, the process was more of a getting everything in the right place rather than lengthy sort of writing. Well, the, the book's a brilliant read, Sarah, and it, it's very practical. And, and as you say, it's broken down into easy to understand uh, areas. But how would you sell it to people? What are they going to learn from the book? I want businesses to know that everybody can start somewhere. I think there's a lot of, uh, still a lot of fear um, around how complicated this, this whole area can be. And in fairness to a lot of businesses, they're right. Um, I think if you're a, if you're a startup, then it's relatively easy to say, right, right we're going to start as we mean to go on. We're going to build this business around a, a strong moral purpose and great ethical credentials and great sustainability. It's reasonably easy to do. And I think if you're a massive company, then and you've decided you, you want to change things, then I think you at least have the resources to throw at it. Um, but I think somewhere in the middle there, there's a lot of businesses that have been running for many years, doing things the same way, and they're suddenly being asked to completely 
re retrofit all this stuff into their business. And that is not easy when you've also just got to keep running your business as well. And so what I want is uh, well, people to be able to pick up the book and say, right, we, we can start doing something. And if that's a business owner that says, okay, I can see a few steps that I can start taking, or if it's an employee who says, I'd like my business to be better and use it as ammunition, that's great for me. So I, so I really want people to feel it gives them the license to get started with the understanding that we don't expect everyone to be perfect overnight. It's and impossible. The, and with the chapter headings you've got, is there a good place you recommend people start? This is a highly emotional topic. And there are a lot of books that come at it from that slightly kind of moral higher ground perspective. And, I, and for me, it's about putting the business case. It, because in an ideal world, we would, we'd love every business to say, right, I've got to change because I am depleting the world's natural resources or I'm contributing to overconsumption or I'm exploiting people, whatever the, the big thing might be. But I think in reality, businesses don't suddenly go, kind of grow a conscience overnight. They're responding to market forces. And so if you want to start somewhere, I think it's look at the business case. Look at the fact that businesses should be able to make more money if they are aware of more conscious consumerism and the fact that more and more people are shopping for goods that assuage their own consciences consciences so they're looking for greener products they're looking for ethically better products so from a consumer point of view it makes sense from an employee point of view a lot of the studies we're seeing show that people particularly younger people millennials gen z want to work for businesses that stand for more than simply just making a stack of cash if you want to attract good talent and keep good talent it makes sense that you reflect the views and the aspirations of, of people who may want to work for you. And, and then you've got the whole suppliers, you know, they say good business keeps good company. So as businesses become more ethically sound, they're going to look for business partnerships that reflect that, that. I would then say to people also think about costs, a big thing in business. If you are looking at your energy, your waste management, the chances are you're going to find inefficiencies that you can rectify and therefore save money. So again, pretty compelling from a, from a commercial standpoint. Um, and then slightly more bigger picture, but the, the whole managing risk area. With the United Nations, the Sustainable Development Goals, Paris Agreement, what we should probably be seeing if business if governments sorry are um are working towards some of the commitments that they made towards the the sustainable development goals we we're likely to see more um, incentives for good behavior and more penalties for bad behavior and so i would say to businesses by getting ahead of that and sorting things out now, you're potentially stealing a march on what could be future legis legislation. So 
I think there, that, that, that's what I'd say to people is this makes good business sense. And then the nice bit at the end is you do all that, become a better business, and then your marketing just improves beyond recognition because you are genuinely doing good things. And that's really engaging for customers. Well, it's a compelling story, Sandra, and you write it, Sarah. Sorry, it's a compelling story, Sarah, and you write it so well that I would thoroughly recommend that people buy uh, your book, the Ethical Business Book. It's available on the Work or Business Library, uh, and that people will get an awful lot from it. Thank you for joining me on this edition of Meet the Business Author podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. To buy the book, head to Workall's Business Library, where you can browse over 300,000 business titles. See you next time.